Hello, everybody, and welcome to Casual Cognition. Today, we have a very special episode for you. I have two guests, and they happen to be married. How romantic. And one of them happens to be friend of the show, Beau Vermillion. Hey, hey. And he is the side piece for this episode. The main event is his wife, Lauren Vermillion. I am so happy to have Lauren on the show today. I've wanted her to come on the show for a long time. And I actually have known Lauren for longer than I've known Bo. And uh, so, yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got a thing going on. You know, we're, we're very good friends outside of Bo and I's friendship, you know. And I am just so pleased to have her on the show today. So welcome to the show, Lauren. And, you know, Bo, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to be on the show. <laughs> well, thank just... you very much for having me. I am deeply honored. <laughs> so... Interestingly enough, um, Lauren and I met by um, being sort of introduced to each other. <laughs> you could say that. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that would be the generous way to say it. The, mm-hmm. the more blunt way to say it would be that uh, my father <laughs> and who was it from you? It was many, many a church woman. <laughs> It was a whole gang of it them. It was a whole, yeah, it was a whole crew. I'm pretty sure it was like the potluck setup crew. All those women were just very interested in us meeting one another. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically we got set up on a date mm-hmm. together. And I uh, accepted <laughs> the offer. Or the, not the offer, but the, invitation the, uh, the sort of, to uh, meet me. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, can do. But uh, yeah, it kind of, it kind of uh, brushes a lot of things under the rug because it's kind of interesting as to why we were both in this church. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's, let's start there. Uh-huh. Um, I guess, well, I mean, actually, maybe we should we should finish off the story real quick because it is kind of funny. Because yeah. you and I did go out on a date, we and we did. had a great time and had a, had a nice conversation. Wait, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's right, though. And I was so stupid, too, as I recall. You asked me out on a date, but I didn't know if we were going to eat. But then you asked me to go to a restaurant, and then... I ate beforehand like an idiot. I and remember then that. you ordered shrimp and I was like, sorry, I'm not getting anything. Oh yeah, I was like, I felt like a fat ass because <laughs> I was just like, man, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I was starving. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was saving up my appetite and then I was just sitting there like, I got it. I got to order some food. So I ordered a big plate of shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. We were on the water. It was lovely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can be, I can be quite the Casanova when I want to be, but I'm also a perfect gentleman. As this my, is true. as my girlfriend learned, I, yeah. uh, I do not kiss on the first date. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we had a, a nice date, but, um, it didn't go anywhere from there, but we were friends and mm-hmm. Lauren invited me to go to a Cinco de Mayo party. <laughs> 
and I, I can't remember whether I actually talked about this on the cast before, but that's where I met Bo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we hit it off immediately and oh, yeah. have been the best of friends ever since. But I, uh, I still hold it over his head every now and then that, uh, <laughs> that I was friends with Lauren first. So yeah. she gets a little bit of priority now and then. <laughs> now and then. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, I did bring both of you there to meet each other. So I really was the facilitator of this friendship from the beginning. You specifically had it in mind for us to meet each other? I did not know that. That's why I invited you. Because if you recall, on our date, I did mention Bo quite a few times. I think because we were talking about... I don't remember you mentioning Bo, but I I, I mean, I just... It probably just slipped my mind because... You know, it was just an amorphous name out or right, know, exactly. Because I remember, there. like, I knew that you wanted to introduce me to Nate. Exactly. But I and didn't know who yeah. you were. Then <laughs> that's why I invited you. I was like, yeah, you have to and meet. And then it came out. This guy. Yeah. Yeah, because we were just having really interesting conversations on our date, and that's kind of you know rare to find people who are interested in similar topics. And Bo and I had been spending a lot of time together. Just we were really good friends at the time. Um, and had similar discussions and debates. And so I thought that you could join our debates and kind of be more so on my side and <laughs> help me win many arguments so with him. <laughs> Little did you know yeah. what you were signing up for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got a debate partner that decided to bring you both a little bit more to my side. This is true. Mm. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's kind of teasing a little bit. We don't have to get into that too much. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, we. What was interesting is that I was there because my parents, you know, had always brought me to church, and my mm-hmm. dad wanted me to to go the, there, and he was enjoying himself at that church, and you know, Redeemer. Um, I went there, and I enjoy church. I enjoy yeah. going to church. It's a, a, a good church, you know. Right. There's a few churches that I've I've been to that. Are a little wacky, and there's one yeah. in town called a uh, Destiny Worship Center. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> and I think you know which one I'm talking about. I don't know if you've ever been there, Bo. <laughs> oh, of course. Plenty of times. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's something else. It's quite interesting. It's um, it's one of those prosperity gospel churches, mm-hmm. and it is wild. Yeah. It's it, Do, I, I it's I've only seen like videos of that sort of thing, but whenever yeah, you see, see it, it up close, person, it's weird. It's, it's very disturbing creepy. to the soul. And it's there's just, so many people in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, you have an interesting anecdote from a time. Oh yeah, I went there and uh, I just remember the the pastor came out and he was wearing a three thousand dollars suit. Yeah. And the reason I know that is because the first thing out of his mouth was, this is a $3,000 suit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a $100,000 car. Oh, yeah. And did I have, he really? And I, he did. I, have, yeah. I, I just bought From this beautiful new pair of golf clubs, and I love I love playing golf. That's like oh my favorite my thing in the world to do is go play golf. So I, I had been playing a lot of golf recently. Um, and then he went straight into a message about how uh, material well-being is, uh, is not enough. And... Uh, It was a, it was an interesting, it was, it was a pretty, pretty eye-opening experience to see, um, just such a weird, 
weird twisting of this <laughs> very this scripture that is all about right. just love. you know loving people <laughs> and not needing a whole lot and twisting right. that um, into something that is very pro being very rich and pro having a lot of power right and it it's a weird phenomenon that a lot of people are attracted to yeah well and it's super strange because for the christian religion specifically because jesus himself said that is extremely difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven more difficult it would be easier for a camel to cross through the eye of an eagle than for a rich man to enter into heaven and the principle being that you know if you want to pursue you know the spiritual path you want to pursue god then you cannot have you know such earthly attachments you know that would draw your heart here as opposed to there so the big the big thing that people always because you know if you if you say that to you know religious fundamentalists they'll Mm -hmm. or, or one of these types of people they'll say something along the lines of like you know, that doesn't mean that uh, a rich person can't be a Christian. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It just means that, you know, you can't make money an idol. Right. Which is kind of funny because <sighs> if you look at what they're doing, it's kind of exactly, I feel like that's the exact type of thing. Because to me, that sort of verse, what it's saying is simply that, as, as you said is, is like th- it's the attachment to exactly money that that holds you back from um from having a good spiritual life mm-hmm. because uh, being attached to money can be very pervasive in right. general you know you can it can just kind of warp your personality and turn you into a bad person it's exactly just, you know it's, it's a well-known phenomenon 100 percent. and so it's it's a pretty simple easy to understand concept mm-hmm. but the problem is, is that people will will brush that aside with the caveat, with with those sorts of caveats, right. and and then still turn money into this idol, which yeah. is what the, the those types of people do, and it's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Redeemer wasn't that way. Redeemer no. had a different kind of vibe to it. Redeemer had not a, f- I mean, kind of an opposite vibe, you could say, equally as strange in certain arenas. It was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, um, you know, it was your, um, what is it, your heirloom tomato kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind Expand of church. Expand on that. How so? <laughs> You've got your, uh, you know, you've got your uh, of problems. I mean, you know, you've got mm-hmm. your um, your big mega churches that mm-hmm. just are cranking out those perfect spherical oh, red gosh. tomatoes. Yeah. And then, uh, then you've got your homegrown problematic churches okay. that are that are, you know, they're all sorts got of it. different shapes and sizes and colors. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Full circle moment. Like it. <laughs> Yes, we're that was a long right. walk that for was. that analogy, hey, but it was I'll satisfying. Take it. Absolutely, think you tied it up well. <laughs> but yeah, Redeemer. I I really did like Redeemer in a lot of did ways. Did you? There's was, there's was so, there were so many good qualities. You stuck to around it. for a while. How long did you go? Um, I mean, I wasn't obviously I wasn't a regular. I, I would go like you know once or twice a month usually, sure. but. Um, I just, 
I always have enjoyed that sort of small town community mm-hmm. vibe style. Yeah. You know, where there's, you know, I, I would say that, that the, the, what, what would you say the general population of the, of the, the church was, you know, not, not the members because mm. we can get into the members because uh, that's yeah. an interesting, that's a very interesting, you want to talk uh-huh. about that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, I find it very interesting. Yes, we'll get there, don't worry. Um, but the, you know, who was in the place, I would say it was probably less than 100. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. You I know, mean, maybe grew... 60 to 80 people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say consistently every Sunday, probably around 60 to 80 max. And we had it in a barn. Like Yeah, it was, it was, in, it was on a horse ranch. Yeah, it, it was, was so small and ranch. beautiful. And yeah, that was one of my favorite that, that you know, that's how that's how my dad first got me to go there. Oh, of course. Yeah, he said, yeah, it's on a horse ranch. And I was like, wait, you mean I get to see horses? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, I guess yeah. I'll go to church, Dad. If I can <laughs> oh man, and I, I can actually say a little bit about what happened to my dad with that church because oh, it was kind of that wacky. was devastating. Um, but yeah, I, the, I enjoyed it because it was small, and I felt like the people there were genuine and they were nice. Yes, they and, were. You know, there was a core group of people. If you go to a place like that Destiny Worship Center. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you guess uh, the average audience there? Maybe three to five hundred. Oh, I mean, no, I would say, oh, maybe, maybe. I get really exaggerative when it comes to numbers. I'm like, there were thousands. <laughs> it, it seems but that way. It sometimes. feels that way, but yeah, it was probably, like stadium. I think mode. probably five hundred, maybe. I think five hundred is probably a, yeah. a reasonable estimate mm-hmm. because it is like the biggest one, and and it does have like a double decker. It does. Like auditorium it's massive, style. Yeah. And, uh, the, um, you know, it, whenever you look around, there's not a ton of empty seats. Right. I remember whenever I went there a few times, usually I'd have to go up in the nosebleeds. Yeah. Because you couldn't find a place <laughs> down on the ground floor. Oh, my gosh. And, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, big contrast to yeah, the Yeah, and you've, right got, you've got this charismatic guy up there. Right. Is it, it, by the way, Bo, whenever, you, whenever you're talking <laughs> about the, the $300 suit thing is in his side, was it the same guy who would, like, always, like, clap and just be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like point and just like, yeah, what do you think about that? Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, he was like super charismatic and he, it was almost... It's probably the same guy, yeah. To me, it reminded me of a stand-up routine, you know? Somebody mm-hmm. like a... Or, or maybe like a... Um, honestly, it, to me, obviously, it kind of seemed like a, a, a caricature of himself because yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I felt a little uncomfortable already, so... It's a performance. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Know, it's, I was just like, this just seems super phony. I feel like that's phony. what most churches I've been to have been, like, apart from, And I think that's why I was so drawn to Redeemer was because it was very much not that. And yeah. So, yeah. And one, one of the pastors... Both of the pastors were very genuine. Mm-hmm. One of the pastors I felt was a little bit more performative. I, I won't say any yeah. names. You know, we can. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we we can call him Nick and the other one uh, Bobby. There we go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, Nick was a little bit, um, a little. I don't know. It was hard to describe him because he was definitely genuine. Yeah, but his genuine emotions were so intense around a, what you could call a flawed belief system on certain areas of just 
how intense it was? I, well, I think it was beyond that. I think that he also was, like, he got caught up in his own narrative almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? He seemed to work him himself up into a fervor sometimes. Yeah. One of my favorite stories, and I wasn't there for this, and I'm so mad. This is one of the times that I was like, damn it, Nate, why didn't you go to church? Yeah. <laughs> Because my dad told me about this. Right. Yeah. It, you just said it. He Friends. said it. He, oh my gosh. He fucking. I'll never forget this in my entire life. <laughs> he broke down in tears. <laughs> because you were there. Yeah. Why don't you tell the story? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even there. I mean, it was. It was. So he was talking about just struggling with sin. Um, and how we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard as Christians. And, you know, even having your eyes fall upon the things that are worldly is something to mourn over. And he started, yeah, fully crying over his remorse of watching the sitcom TV show Friends <laughs> because of its <laughs> sexual content. And was, yeah. Wasn't in front it specifically of the... about the homosexual content? Or was, oh, it, I, was it also it was about a the, sexual the, That was a passing um, comment what, about it. It was about homosexual the and also premarital sex. Premarital sex, yes. So was, yeah, yeah, it was mostly that. That is, to me, like chef's kiss <laughs> fundamentalism. It is it because is. you know I, I I I by the way, people, this is not. Nick is not. A, an old man. So this oh, is no. not some like Dennis Prager looking dude. He's maybe like he's attractive. He's maybe thirty five. He, yeah, he's a good looking young man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old is thirty five. This is a this is in and you know and his wife is a smoke show like <laughs> big time. Well, and you know what the other thing to think about this guy is is that he's also not a bad person. No, he's, he's actually wonderful. good. He's a he's, great person. He's a extremely thoughtful person. So another story I'll tell about Nick here, a quick quick story, is that he actually worked with me and my dad, and this is a side story because I get to tell about my own greatness, um, in the aftermath of um, Hurricane Michael, Nick organized this big drive for the church to go over into the hurricane zone, the very dangerous hurricane zone. And mm-hmm. we got, like, it, it, this was, like, where most people, there was, there's basically only, like, emergency workers in there. Mm-hmm. And he had my dad and I work there, and he, um, he got a lot of funds together to get a big old water tank and a generator to this family who their dad was a police um he 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 basically gotten injured on the job he was a policeman who mm-hmm. who had gotten injured on the job and he was a paraplegic or quadriplegic oh, actually wow. and because of this hurricane they didn't have any power or water mm-hmm. and he was like his life was threatened mm-hmm. and because of the efforts of Nick he we we got his house back together and we helped out his family you know his, his family's his whole family is there 
his uh, his mother's there as well. He's got a wife and two kids, and um, at, at the same time, um, they actually raised enough money to um, make him a new bathroom mm. to where his wheelchair could be wheeled into the bathroom because before they're only ha- they're having to like give him sponge baths. Yeah. So. Then the, he, he, Nick got enough funds together to where we could make this really cool little like ramp style bathroom, mm-hmm. so to where they could take care of him and, and properly bathe him in the shower. Yeah. So it, this guy is 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 like super, um, super thoughtful and caring, and he's trying to do the right thing. And this is the the weird thing about a lot of religious fundamentalists is that some of them. Yes, you can easily point to and say, this is a shitty person. <laughs> this is just a bad person. But so many of them are just like, they're, they believe they're doing the right thing. And yeah. this is actually something I really try to always stress to people is that there's a difference between somebody who does something that's wrong, but mm-hmm. believes they're doing something that's right, right, and does something that's wrong when they know it's wrong. Yeah. And you have to understand the difference because if you are looking at somebody who does something that's wrong and they believe that it's right, mm-hmm. there is like room for growth there. Absolutely, like you can you can try and and do something there, and it doesn't it doesn't always work. You know, it doesn't yeah. always mean that you can you can fix everybody who is like that. But I think that there's you should always be aware of that distinction and kind of have it in your mind a little bit. Absolutely. Especially when you're talking about uh, people like this who are not, you know, this isn't somebody who's, you know, actively hurting people. He's just a little no. wacky in some ways. Exactly. They're actively trying to help, like you said. It's, it's. I, I mean, and I think that that's far more, you know, prevalent with even, I mean, at least within the Christian fundamentalism that I have encountered, which is quite a bit throughout my life. <laughs> but with each of those people, you know, they are genuinely trying to love people and love God and love people according to what they believe God has told them to do. Um, so it's, it's, is very much more hopeful, you know, to, to see those people and know, yeah, they're not terrible people that are, you know, passing these horrible laws or forcing, you know, these just really harmful beliefs down people's throats. <laughs> um, it's people genuinely believe you will go to hell if I don't tell you this and their hearts are breaking for those people. But if, but they're, and they're doing it because they think that is ultimate truth and they want to devote their lives to ultimate truth. And so if you can just sneak in there and just have a conversation of like, okay, well, why is that ultimate truth? Okay, what about this alternative perspective on ultimate truth? And, you know, that's happened for all three of us here. Mm -hmm. We thought one thing was ultimate truth at one point and then had strategic conversations that have allowed us to open our mind a little bit more. Um, So it makes me hopeful for sweet Nick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I know for us, like that's something that like we feel bad about. It's mm-hmm. it's a sad thing to see people like have so much inner turmoil over things that they just can't control. Yeah. And feeling like they need to, they have a mission from God. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they have to save the world, or else they're failing. Mm-hmm. And the world can't be saved. There is no saving the world. There is 
just loving people. Yeah. But they think it's no, we it, it's more than just loving people. It is uh, getting people to see love in a very, uh, very small, distinct way. Mm-hmm. And it's not allowing a lot of uh, a lot of the beauty of the world to like kind of enter it and. It's kind of a sad existence to see everything as as um, perilous and mm-hmm. evil and dark and in need of saving. Mm-hmm. It's hard to enjoy things if that's your worldview. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of those people, you know, they're doing the best that they can, and they're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. But they, it's just, you know, they they are bearing a very heavy weight, and they it's are. a weight that can never be lifted. Oh, um, it, it never ends. Exactly. The, the problems of the world never end. No. I mean, the amount of prayer meetings I have been to with these people who are wonderful, loving, kind, amazing people, again, but they are just on their faces. And I was once one of them. Let's just be clear about that. On our faces, let me include myself, um, weeping, wailing, for God to save people because we are so certain at that time and people continue to be that, yeah, if they're not, if they don't hear this one specific name, this one specific message from this one specific tradition, then they will suffer forever the most horrendous torment you could ever possibly imagine. They believe that with their whole heart. That is honestly... I don't think that that people who are outside this sort of religious space, mm-hmm. I don't think they could possibly quite understand yeah. that idea. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I was brought up to believe. I remember, right. so this was something that I remember uh, hearing at a church camp. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. It was this guy told me this story. About somebody, and I'm not going to tell the entire story because it's too long, but <laughs> basically it's the story of this guy accidentally getting getting a chemical burn and then somebody trying to put it out with water. Oh my. And it causing a lot more chemical yeah. burns. <laughs> oh no. And then his climax was that like, hell is like that, but so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> and this was me as like a 14 year old. <laughs> You know, and and this was a very charismatic <laughs> fella. You know, I I, I I was, you know, oh, all yeah. the way up to this point, I was looking up to this guy. And this, you know, this is one of those things. This is actually one of those instances that like really got me thinking because it stuck out to me so much. And it's really funny because it kind of had an opposite effect mm-hmm. because it stuck in my brain so much. I was oh, just yeah. like, that's ridiculous. How? How could a loving God want to give me chemical burns forever? <laughs> like oh. it's just like such a crazy concept. Yeah. Whenever you're, whenever you start to just like crank it in your mind, right? And you don't, and it doesn't turn into a fear response of just like running away from it. It right. starts to turn into this thing of like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why is it that way? Yeah. Why does it have to be that way? I thought you said he was all powerful. Right. Can't he make it to where I don't burn forever? <laughs> See, that is the logical response. And that's what most people experience and have and feel 
I had the opposite where I was just, I, I didn't initially just accept it at face value in that way. But when I pressed in further, it was always through the lens at this point of, I was, you know, very, 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 very Christian, very fundamental Christian, well, was, surrounded by By, fundamental by the way, it Christians. was all, this was your tight knit community, exactly. by the way, you were the very into the community and I was not. Yes, exactly. And also for context at the time I was going through a very, you know, troubled experience with my, my family and my home life from the ages of, you know, 15 to 22 or something and that's the time I got really plugged in with the church and they basically took me in as their own and I mean they gave me places to live when I didn't have any places to live like these were my people my family when my, when I didn't have a family for a period of time um, and so this belief system was very much affirmed over and over and over and so I, I just had such a deep certainty that this has to be true if nothing else in life is true this is the only thing I have that I know has to be true. So I was willing to, I, I was desperate to make it fit <laughs> and to make sense of it. And I could, and I could make sense of the fact that God is all powerful and sovereign and the creator. And so he gets to decide the way he orchestrates things. And I'm, who am I to judge? Like there's scriptures that say that in the Bible of like, you know, who are you? who is formed to answer back to the one who formed you type of thing. And so that's kind of just the stance that I took and believed it. But it's far more logical <laughs> to be like, wait, hold on. You say you're all loving. You say that, you know, you want all to be saved. And yet you're all powerful and you're not going to do anything about that. Okay. So your stance does make more sense than my prior one. <laughs> Well, you don't have to be so diminutive about it. <laughs> I actually find find you to be very impressive because what what you did you didn't just like like you know argue with me. You 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 like questioned me about it. It was almost yeah. like a Socratic dialogue whenever you were talking to me, and I answered a bunch of questions from you. And it, I feel like it just happened to be the right place at the right time. Totally. And the interesting thing that ties back into the church mm -hmm. was that, you know, this is and this is where Redeemer really shit to bed, as far as mm -hmm. I'm concerned, in two different ways, in very <laughs> close proximity, is that, you know... Talk a big game about love and about unconditional love and the love of God and Jesus. And I am here for you no matter what. And. It's so bad. So I will say my real quick thing, but I want you to talk a little bit okay. if, you, if you're okay with I, it. Yeah. Uh -huh. If you're okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Um. Because I know it's a little weird, but we, as I say, you know, we don't have to name any names. Oh, no, but, it's totally fine. I'm so into um, it. <laughs> but basically, the first thing that happened, I think this actually happened first, was that my dad got divorced to his mm -hmm. second wife um, right around this time. And as he was getting, like, in the process of, you know, uh, you know about, uh, about to be divorced, this is... Mm -hmm prior to his actual divorce, they're very tied into the church. 
Oh, we didn't even mention the members. No. Oh, I can... Yeah, we can... Yeah, the membership is... I'll say... I'll say maybe we could say that in a minute. We, yeah. <laughs> so, my dad is getting divorced to... Well, maybe we should mention this here because it's important to the context of your is. dad's relationship it probably with the, is. With it's the church. It's not that long. Do you want to do, yeah, you, do so, can you say, can you describe it to, because uh, it, yeah, I, I'll describe the member it's system. It's hard for me to describe it. Yeah. I went through it. This, this is kind of an anthropological <laughs> thing. And then you didn't sign it, right? No, I yeah. went through the entire thing and then I didn't sign yeah. it. Yeah. So, so membership, it, it's, it's a very interesting structure. It was one that the church was, you know, founded upon was that it was going to be, um, you know, elder taught and member led essentially. So the members were people who were committed to being a part of the church community that were willing to take responsibility and accountability for the health of the church and would com- contribute all that good stuff. It's almost a little conspiratorial, it's like concentric circles. Yeah. Like the inner circle and then the inner circle oh, within the inner circle. Totally. You have it's different very, privileges. Very Masonic. Yeah. It, it, it kind of is because you have different yeah privileges and authorities and in in order to gain the status of a member you have to go through a course a little culty yeah and then whenever i was doing it it it, it is a little culty unfortunately because i really thought it was great but it wasn't great Um, and cults yeah, always so, feel great. This is that's true. why this they is exist. Fair. Okay, that's fair. Communities feel great. This Be- is true. You were having a hard time in your life, and you yeah. had somebody who embraced you. <laughs> yeah, you know? but it's so true. But Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, so you had to go through this course, and then um, you had to both. So you had to be able to recite the gospel within sixty seconds. Was you your verbal test? And then you had to. I did that, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. Was it I went good? through the whole thing. The great. Yeah. The, oh, they they loved they ate mine. It up. They ate it up. And they, they were like, loved it. <laughs> but then the second part of it. I'm a performer. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. But the second part is you have to sign a covenant. I'm sorry. I keep on. I keep on interrupting. Oh but... no, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. It's an interesting story. It's a very interesting experience that both of us went through. Um, but yeah, so you have to sign a covenant that basically, you know, details character traits and, you know, standards of living that you're going to uphold yourself to. So no sex before marriage, no drugs, no drunkenness, no, I mean, there was a bunch of other, like you will be pro life. You will be anti, you know, LGBTQ. There was like like some political shit. Yeah, there was, there was, there was, you know, you have to affirm these things in order to be a member here. Um, and so his dad and his wife at the time were both members and this is how they were treated. Continue. (laughs) So as a quick aside, by the way, I, as I said, I did an anthropological thing because I knew I I had no intention. Mm -hmm. I I felt a little bit bad about doing it, but I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of important for me to experience this. (laughs) And of course, everybody's encouraging me to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a little bit of yada, yada, yada in there you did. Oh, yeah. Because they gave you like paper homework packets. Mm Mm-hmm. And assignments. Yeah. There was like tests and stuff. And oh like, yeah. It was. It was like 
almost like a, a, a little short-term course. And you had to, you know, you had to go to somebody's house mm-hmm. and they'd give you a little lecture. Yeah. And then they give you this big paper packet that they expected you to read and and answer the questions and, and you know, do these different things. And yeah, it was it See, was that a was very... just such common practice. It's so funny that because it's hearing it back, it's so weird. But that was my life. I yeah, did that, so much of that in church over and over. That was I did that every week. That's <laughs> why I had to highlight it because yeah. if you do kind it's of weird. look back on it it's objectively, so weird. it does seem very strange. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's so strange. And and by the way, you know, the there's probably. 15 people in this room mm-hmm. and they're eating it up mm-hmm. they love being here mm-hmm. because this is a community event exactly they love being there yeah and and i hank and i have talked about this countless times of like how one of the the biggest reasons why religious fundamentalism is a thing is because people just lack Mm-hmm. This sense of community. And yeah. if you get super tight-knit with an extremist community, you get a sense of community like you've never felt before. Oh because you are a part of an in-group that yeah. nobody else is a part of. Exactly. And you have, you know, maybe 50 or less people who are really, really you close You literally knit. have the keys to eternal life that's that's the uh, it's ridiculous when you turn it into a religious thing it's so intense the bond is so intense it's beyond anything yeah yeah and so yeah my father and stepmother at the time were members they went through this entire membership process and became members and as they're about to be getting divorced the uh Nick. Nick. <laughs> Nick or Bobby? No, no, no. Not Bobby. Well, it was Nick. I think it was yeah. Bobby too, but Bobby Bobby, by the way, we haven't said a lot about Bobby. Bobby was a good guy. Bobby I like I've always liked Bobby. I love Bobby. I love Bobby. I always like Bobby. Yeah. But um Bobby. He, he was not he was I I would not necessarily call Bobby a fundamentalist. He was just, you know, fundamentalist curious. You know, he was like on the very borderline where he was like yeah. willing to like entertain and kind of converse more and he wasn't so much so much of a hardliner with people who didn't have the same views as him, but he was still still had like like his personal views were still mm-hmm. probably be considered pretty extreme. Yeah. But um I would. I, I think if if anybody has a chance of of getting out of fundamentalism, it's Bobby over Nick. <laughs> oh, over Nick for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I almost forgot where we're going because I started thinking about King of the Hill. I want to start calling Nick Hank, and then I started thinking about Hank. Uh, uh, I'm all over the place here, but um, so my dad. And my stepmother get a, a basically a summons, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I like to call it that because it's more dramatic. But yeah, it they're calling was, him, yeah. and her to a meeting, yeah. Because they are against the concept of getting divorced outside of the, you know, uh, of, of some very extreme circumstances like mm-hmm. infidelity, and 
So even they, abuse, they're not like that's not biblically founded. No, I, that's that's one of the funny Mary, things. Yeah, it's strange. Is that it, only adultery, infidelity. Yeah, yeah, adultery is like the it's only worse one, than, the only exception. Yeah, and beating up on somebody. Yeah, or you know, I guess we don't have to get into the uh, concept of uh, uh, spousal rape, but. Oh, that gosh. is still a it's a still big encouraged in some circles. A, a big a big big thing in that particular context oh. because especially in the biblical context because yeah. so many of these people the women were not actually consensual in their marriages mm-hmm. so they didn't even want to exactly. be in the marriage with yeah. this man. So the whole I mean you know the Bible as I've said many times is a beautiful wonderful document but it's also a primitive document that was written written by primitive people and you can think that somebody or not somebody a text has you know some divine inspiration and some gems of 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 truth that you should follow and or or you should at least take into account without taking the whole thing as literal you know As I always say, divine inspiration, not divine dictation. Right. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't have to think of the Bible as every single word is the fucking concrete word of God written in stone. Mm -hmm. Which is stupid because nobody believes that. They Mm -hmm. just say they do. Nobody actually Uh. thinks of that. But I feel um, like we know some people. I've met a few people that do think that, but I didn't even. It's a hard thing. It's hard. hard Yes, we'll go back to your dad. So yeah, so they basically have a meeting with him, and they tell him that they they're not supposed to be divorced. Yeah, they're not to be divorced, and they have this long intervention basically over over their divorce, (laughs) and. At one point, which is bad enough. As which it is. is bad enough. Yeah. It's uncalled for, and it's kind of like to me. It's kind of like, who? Where the fuck do you get off telling mm-hmm. me what I'm supposed to do with my life? Right. You know, it's a little like, hmm. You know, it'd be it'd be one thing if if he had known this guy for many many years, and mm-hmm. it was it, honestly to it'd be one thing if it was me. Mm-hmm. It's my dad. I and and that's where I think that that's probably why I was so offended is that I whenever I was talking to my dad I was like, yeah you guys need to get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had this fucking churchman, mm-hmm. you know, not too far off of my age, known my dad for a couple of years, doesn't know shit about him really, and he's saying that no you're not allowed to get divorced. I I about went up there and was just like. Where the fuck do you get off? But I knew that that wasn't gonna go over well for anybody, and uh, I was I was really upset. And I told my dad, I was like, just don't go back to that place. That's fucking bullshit, dude. Y- y- this is ridiculous. And you know they because they, they were fully planning on getting a divorce. Like they right. were they were miserable with each other. Yeah, it was absolutely time for them to get a divorce. And uh, I don't know why I keep on having to convince my parents to get divorces <laughs> um, I already talked about how I can, had to yeah. convince my my actual parents to get divor- yeah. <laughs> divorced but Man. yeah um, uh, this time it wasn't didn't take any convincing it was just a support right uh, but yeah it was it was pretty wacky to me that 
that they felt that it was at all their place <laughs> to say that they were not to get divorced, but it had to do with this member system. It did, yeah. You sign so, the covenant and you legitimately submit yourself to their intervention in anything you choose to do in the, life. The term they used, which I'll never forget, is church discipline yes yes church discipline is a big thing at redeemer and many fundamental churches and many fundamentalist churches so that's that leads us into my church discipline your your story (laughs) and this is where i'm more excited for this one i've been ranting for way too much but this sets up (laughs) sets up why this is happening here just interesting (laughs) <laughs> so for context this made me want to punch nick in the face oh, even if he is a nick. good guy wait are you thinking about nick and sunwell or them and us which one are you talking about us right yeah she's okay. pointing at me guys yes like me that. and Bo. <laughs> uh, well because uh, as i yeah. said this, this other incident happened before so this was yeah. i was just like Again? Yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Again? So yes, I wasn't sure because there's been a lot of things. <laughs> so it was like, wait, are you talking about this problem or that problem? Because there's well, there been was several. A I was a and little, so I was upset be... about a lot of things. Yeah. That's I'll, why I couldn't, I I'm couldn't like, go I back to that church because I could talk for five hours was, about everything because it's just a lot. So for context I was infuriated. Then, yeah, it, it was infuriating and I haven't, I mean, not obviously, but I haven't been back in several years, but... Um, I was a founding member of this church. So, um, Bobby, (laughs) he had been my pastor for years and years, was such an incredible, he was my youth pastor actually, when I was going through some really difficult stuff with my family and he was so present, so wonderful, so supportive. The other pastor, Nick, who we've been talking more about. I helped rebuild Bobby's house. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's such a great, amazing, wonderful guy. Like love him deeply to this day. Um, and Nick, I was also in church with. He was, you know, a few years older than me, but we were in, you know, different ministry stuff together. So, anyway, they chose to plant this church. I was all on board because at the time I had a very fundamentalist, you know, belief system. I was. A, How old were you at this point? I was nineteen. Nineteen. Um, yeah, at the church plant moment, um, and I had been a Christian, so I became a de- devout Christian when I was fifteen. Started going to this church where Bobby was the youth pastor, and then they planted the church at when I was. 19 so they were probably late 20s 20, early 30s yes yeah they were i think i think uh maybe 27 Nick was in his late 20s yeah and then um bobby was in his 30s early 30s so <laughs> uh, and i was also I know, it's, fun it's, fact it's, yeah it's always fun to to uh, to do the name swaps it's yeah i know i was like that was a little bit challenging for me to, I've had to, to do track it a few times but yeah, yeah i think it's smart i love them too much for you, you, you don't want to name drop anybody. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to like like blow up anybody's spot. No. But you know it's fun to tell stories. Totally. So that's that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. It's... And fun fact, just to build the world a little bit. During the time that we were planting the church, I was Bobby was also my employer. He owned a local business, and I managed that I for my that. job at the time. Yeah. Popsicles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> popsicles. And um, so anyway, I um, we, you know was a founding member, you know, did the membership thing, signed the covenant, 
Um, I also became a deacon, um, which is the next level of membership, if you will, where you're kind of the le- a leader of the members. Really um, interesting, like, <laughs> ranking hierarchy system. Yeah, and we each had our own, you know, the reason being because we had, you know, different responsibilities. So I was a deacon of prayer. There was deacon of hospitality, you know, so you're kind of just the coordinator of those I activities. It. I love this. I didn't even know this part. Yeah. This is amazing to me. So it's an interesting structure but again like all these people were wonderful amazing and um but I did have an interesting and and just flawed belief structure at that point and so and I this did is probably the most positive influence on your life at this point like to that point like, yeah like like because you know everything we don't have else to get been, into yeah we can everything. talk about that another time because that's a whole another yeah thing but before you'd had a lot of difficulties and a lot of struggles oh yeah and so like like this this situation being, you know, this stable, loving community, this is like, you know, you're on cloud nine in a lot of ways. Exactly. It doesn't, to me, a lot of times why these things work so well is it doesn't really matter what the details of the, of of Mm -hmm. the belief system is. Yeah. The, the important thing is that everyone around you is the most loving and wonderful person you've ever met Mm -hmm. and actually cares about you and is showing you love. Right. And they also all believe the same thing. Yes. And so you're partnering with one another on this mission. And that was what we were always doing. This is, this is why these people are so good yeah it was always and it was always about the mission it was always about the mission of conversion especially after converting other people yeah Yeah. proselytizing um and because that especially um when we you know founded redeemer um i began a um missions course um if this is going to be interesting to try to explain um so it was basically a course um, on what in the fundamental community is called unreached people groups. And that definition or the definition of that is basically people, communities who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ as communicated in the Bible um, and maybe follow different religions or whatever, but they deem them as unreached. And it is our mission as Christians to go and preach the gospel to them so that they won't burn in hell for eternity. <laughs> that I So believed... these are like, these are, you know... People like from India mm-hmm. or from, you know, maybe Papa South New America, Papua yeah. New Guinea. Primitive island communities, yeah. tribes in the Amazon, whatever. I mean, heck, in, even Indigenous China. people, rural yeah. people from, from, uh, from especially Asian and South American, yeah. African areas. Yeah. Eastern so, Europe, any e- yeah, yeah, Eastern Europeans, yeah, things like that. Yeah, and they consider Catholics to be un like not really. Yeah, because I didn't it's know that. so unreached people is when they're you know they don't have a, a high population of evangelical Christians or they have like a very okay. you know less than one percent of evangelical so Christians. So like you know, but that's if it's where 90, the South American thing comes from, exactly. Then. If it's ninety percent Catholic, they assume that they deem them as not knowing the gospel. See, they think they don't know Jesus, even though they do know Jesus. That's <laughs> I don't always know. the it's... thing that I, that I, that I am confused about. Yeah. That I, I was always confused about growing up mm-hmm. and I'm still confused about as somebody who like is a, you know, big, uh, religion buff. And I study yeah. all sorts of religions is why 
the big break between Catholics and Protestants. It's basically the idolatry of the saints. Like that's I, yeah, the that, only thing. I think thing. that's the thing is that that Protestants really hate the mm-hmm. the the saints. Yeah, having any authority and, like that's a big thing, or being worshipped or being which is my favorite to. part of Catholicism. I think it's the <laughs> coolest part. It's just like yeah, you're. You know, delegation. A little bit of like... (laughs) (laughs) You have divine responsibility and you have divine responsibility. Yeah, we can can talk about the saints. I think that that's a great thing to do. Instead, the Protestants... I've always thought that it's more of like a... um, Kind of like a cool kids club thing. Yeah. Like, no, you're not allowed to do anything but this. Right. You know, and... and It is. Well, and it's, it's just weird. It's... It's so certain of itself, like the, especially when you look at just, I mean, fundamental Christianity in general, and I'm sure fundamental, m- most fundamental religions in general, but. Well, by the way, there, there are plenty of Protestant sects that aren't this way. Right. It's just, we're talking about in America, it's yeah. just, there's a weird breed of Protestantism in America. And the one specifically we're talking about is reformed Christianity. So Reformed Christianity or Calvinist Christianity, as it's sometimes referred to, is probably the strictest form of the evangelical religion, Protestant religion. Um, It's, (laughs) yeah, just very, very strict, very, very intense. There's no wiggle room for anything. Um, It's kind of like Southern Baptist type of theology, if that's a little bit more familiar to people. But I even went to First Baptist school yeah it's oh yeah it's it's very interesting and it's yeah again just so certain of itself so when you're in that community it is life it's the only thing that matters there is nothing else that matters when you're in that community Um, our class whenever i was in second and third grade just for singing singing praises (laughs) yeah it's so had a, had a guy who had a guitar and just sang praises with the kids for a full fucking hour every oh, yeah. day. Oh, yeah. It's so... Which takes the place in class where the children are learning. Of course. Worship is way more important than education. <laughs> worship is important. Are, are you trying to say that worshiping God is less important than kids learning math? <laughs> are, you, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Sorry, no. I keep on interrupting. No, you're so good. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, that's why I started a missions course because I saw and we saw as leaders in the church at the time that our community was very self-centered and that there was so much need you know, in the global community and we wanted to participate in the need. And the way that we wanted to participate in the need was not through philanthropy. It was through converting other people to our religion because we believed that it was the only way. So we thought we were doing the most loving possible thing. I was very sold out to this. So I pioneered this class in our community. I made it happen. I spent, I mean, countless, countless hours, weeks, months putting this stuff together. I went on many different missions trips throughout the world and met many different missionaries um, and decided to start a nonprofit to try to help take care of them because that's a whole nother freaking tangent of the way that the church treats the people that they send out. They just abandon them forever and it's atrocious. So I... 
Go off on yeah. a mission for God. Go, see and you now later. we're gonna go back and drink beers yeah. on the beach and never talk to you again. Yeah, oh. see you when you come back if you make it. It destroyed. I was so furious, and so I wanted. I wanted to start a nonprofit to try to fill that gap and a teach churches this is not okay we need to put a system in place so that these people are taken care of because they're doing your work so come on and then you know in the interim take care of them so they don't feel abandoned and alone um so anyway that was my involvement with redeemer <laughs> they uh, well, that was that was actually that was a a, a non-profit that you started mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know yeah. Um, you did a lot of like legit work in this and you actually did mm-hmm. successfully start this effort and then yeah. pawn it off on, uh, I shouldn't say pawn it off, pass it off onto somebody. Yeah. Um, um, pawn it off makes it sound like it's a negative thing. No. You pass it off onto somebody when, you know, you, you, you were like, okay, I don't want to do the administrative thing because yeah. that was kind of what I think the, the, sort of the big thing is that you were thinking well what I want to do is go out and do this work myself yes and yeah that was a part of it and yeah. running the the actual nonprofit is mostly administrative right you're running numbers you're doing estimates you're you're working at a desk right. and um, but at that juncture when you know you know that effort ceased on my end um it was very much more i mean the the administrative side of it was definitely an element and there were some partnerships that i had made that were unfortunate and you know just kind of dug interesting holes but that's a whole nother thing um but i was also starting to have these different conversations that we were alluding to earlier of you know being so certain of this belief system and then you know having conversations with you having conversations Mm -hmm. with Bo, having conversations with a few other friends um by the way you're like 24 at this point right 23 22 23 yeah Yeah. Um, so you're like making partners with international organizations and stuff (laughs) I did my all best. this big wig stuff. Like I did my best. Well, I mean, and I made those initial partnerships. I think when I was twenty one, I did. Yeah, I did yeah. my best. Were, that was one of the things that blew my mind about you is that you just were like so gung ho about everything that you I were had doing. To do it. <laughs> and and I I was just like, man, this is she's just such a good person, <laughs> and it it freaked me out a little bit whenever I was just like, man. She is a full-on fundamentalist. Yeah. I am not so sure, but um, I, I really like her. She's really interesting. Let's see if she uh, says that I'm going to burn in hell. You know, that's a good <laughs> gauge of whether I want to keep on talking to somebody. Because I have had people who are really nice to me and have said directly to my face, you seem like a really nice person, but you do have to realize that you're going to burn in hell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it reminds me of our uh, our little intervention. Oh, yeah. We were told that I... But that's, oh, wait, all, that's, that's what this is yeah, all Let me get to. it. Oh, I'm going to get oh, there. That's what this I'm is all up to. I just all wanted right. to give a little bit of context, just because, so for this um, organization, um, it was sent out of Redeemer, right? So Redeemer, what, I mean, everybody was involved in this um, to an extent. Um, like, the leadership very much was um, a part of, you know, the the intention behind it. They wanted to reach unreached peoples, and so I was going to go and, you know, be the one to have a touch point, you know, to be able to connect with those missionaries that was, were doing that work. 
And so they were very much excited about it, but then they <laughs> they did not handle our send-off well. They did not support us in certain ways that they promised that they would support us and committed to support us and, and Ironic. left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which left me in a really difficult position. I was in, in debt for a while, um, which is fine. It all I'm not, you know, angry about this. This is just to understand, you know, the the story. Um, I love them all. I think they're great people. Um, but they just make mistakes, just like I do. We all make mistakes. And they mishandled me. They mishandled that effort. And that was disappointing. But it was at that same time that I was looking at the way that the structure of the church was, and I was really fortunate to, so this um, effort I'm speaking about is, so uh, me and um, another woman went out on a three month long mission trip um, to across, you know, Eastern Europe um, to Western Europe and um, met up with a bunch of different missionaries that were doing various work there and so I had the privilege of seeing their churches that, you know, sent them out and experiencing mine who sent me out in their different, you know, just structures and belief systems and, and just how far away from what Jesus actually intended the church to be, um, these institutions had gotten was a really rude awakening. Um, and, also, at the same time, I had met Nate, and I had been very close with, Bo and I had just started, you know, talking, dating, kind of long distance um, when I was gone, and we were having these types of conversations about, you know, religion and spirituality and kind of poking holes in my belief system, and, and it was really just being exposed to other religions um, where I saw, you know, it just was all saying the same thing. <laughs> it was just, anyway. So that was, oh, sorry. Oh, no. That's okay. Oh, dear. That's okay. That's okay. That's, uh, I can cut that part. Okay. <laughs> Where should I go back to? You're fine. You're fine. No, that's um, just, that's totally fine. Okay. No worries. Um, but, yes, what I was saying... <laughs> that oh some what was i just saying five seconds ago <laughs> i'm sorry oh, I that distracted me there, so much so. <laughs> <laughs> about the church the belief structures about, i was yeah. talking about seeing the beauty in other How religions you, you were um you were having conversations with Bo and i that were challenging your belief system exactly yeah okay so it was it was just seeing like reading these other texts from other traditions and like hearing the voice of Jesus there, you know, being so accustomed and so familiar with, you know, God through that lens and thinking it was the only lens that he ever communicated himself ever. That's 100% what I believed and what fundamental Christianity teaches. Yeah, you got the Bible and you got Jesus. That's it. No, he's, that's, it's isolated in the Middle East for that period of time. God never spoke. He never came anywhere other than that place in those moments. And he never like, yeah. has and never will until he comes once more to, re to bring his people with him. Um, anyway, so to read other spiritual texts and to see the heart of God communicated 
was, you know, what began to unravel these belief systems and what, you know, got me away from that fundamentalist side of things. And um, it also, you know, facilitated Bo and I, you know, building our relationship and falling in love. And, you know, that was one of the key pillars was our pursuit of God and, you know, in this new way. And, um, and so... And Bo and I were hanging out and Oh, you uh, guys were together. roommates yeah, at the time. We were living together. Yeah. I, I actually didn't even tell Lauren that I moved in with you when... Yeah. Uh, when she got back from her three-month trip. No. Oh, really? She found out. No, you told me at the very last week, like right before, I, week? right before I came back. Were and... you afraid that she would be upset? No, I didn't think she would be upset, um, but we were, I think we, things were moving so fast between us <laughs> and our relationship <laughs> that we had decided to take like a step back, like a few weeks off of just okay, like let's let's like get settled and figure things out. Yeah, we had quite the whirlwind. <laughs> and, so, and, and I was petty and was like, well, I'm just not going to tell her the important things that are happening in my life. Yeah. And uh, I was watching the whole thing. I was I was I was eating the popcorn the whole time, just oh, like, gosh. oh, this is this is interesting right here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then. Um, yeah, the uh, you you almost became my pseudo roommate for a little while. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't gonna do that. I was still too plugged in that I still wouldn't live. There was a sort of Beau before we were married. There was a sort of uh, um, holding back, even after you started mm-hmm. to question everything, and yeah. you know, stop me if if I if I say anything wrong, but. You know, I always felt that, that, you know, it was, um, you know, your whole community mm-hmm. that you were losing, basically. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, you didn't want to go against the grain so much. Mm-hmm. But you knew what you wanted to do. And so there was some holding back on that. But you were... Over over at my apartment all the time. Yeah, it was. Bo wasn't even living here at the time. By the way, folks, he wasn't even on, on the lease. He was squatting in my apartment, basically. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I had a bunch of I had a couple of squatters living in my extra room. Yeah. I paid my fair share. He did. I he, did he not. Gave me <laughs> some, I just didn't want the liability. <laughs> he gave, yeah, he gave me some money. Yeah, but. it it was interesting, and I I wouldn't say it was it wasn't just the fear of losing community, which I did. I know it was, was also yes, of course, but it was also deconstruction is really hard. It takes a long time to deconstruct a fundamentalist religion, yeah, exactly. and it 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 took me a really long time to, you know reconfigure my relationship with God and yeah. understanding what I and did I started when and what I was I, 15 exactly and I had been established in this since I was 15 and I was 23 having it all you know falling apart and then you know also binding myself with somebody um with Bo who's you know on that same path but at, at a different place than I was and had very different you know, circumstances around him mm-hmm. where I was a deacon. I was the deacon of prayer, the missionary girl yeah. at Redeemer. And I come back at, from this trip and debrief about the mission trip and stuff. Meanwhile, I'm like in the closet reading the Bhagavad Gita. And like, <laughs> it's, but I, 
and I can't really and tell any of these people. Borderline moving in with Bo. Borderline <laughs> moving in with Bo. Oh yeah, um, I was doing yeah, just not. That was not Christian of me to <laughs> to, to be sleeping over, but. Um, and how did Redeemer respond? To Redeemer all this? responded horribly, unfortunately. <laughs> so, basically, it was very, very, very strange because. I was still going to Redeemer, but not as regularly um, because, you know, my belief structure was changing. But these are still my people. This is my family. But the problem is this family was built, as we've mentioned before, on a mutual shared belief system that is the only thing that can possibly be true. And that is the only thing that binds you together. And it's really unfortunate, but it's the way that it is. So um, Bo reaches out like a wonderful, amazing, incredible partner that he is and reaches out to everyone who loves me, essentially. Everybody who's been committed to me throughout my life, my parents, my best friends, my church, my pastors, everybody, because he wants to propose. And he is so kind and so sweet, and he wants to compile a video for me that he can play while, before he proposes of just all of my favorite people cheering us on and, you know, sending their support or prayers or love or whatever. And by the way, Bo, just sorry to interrupt real quick, no. Bo has, is not some, like, heathen to these people. He's amazing. Bo's father is a pastor, is, yes. a, is a former pastor. He, they, they know that Bo's not exactly a, you know, church going young lad, but he's not some like crazy heathen. But they also don't know this fully at this point, because right before I left for Europe, he uh, was rebaptized and committed his life to Jesus. Okay. So they, so they still, so if anything, it's like Bo is pretty on the christian side on the christian path but well, newer but not uh, I, at that not point necessarily because thought... i wasn't so just just to be clear i wasn't baptized by this church i was baptized by my <laughs> friends my my one of my closest I wasn't friends baptized by the right people and <laughs> and lauren i was baptized by two people and we drank beer right afterwards and my <laughs> baptism was a little different than like i wasn't dunked in a tank at, mm-hmm. at the well, front let's of the just church, say that Bo is at this point in the minds of these people, still pretty Christian, just very not Christian. Christian enough. Yeah, very Christian. I mean, we yeah, I've I've talked with these people time and time again. No, they've known me for almost a decade at this point. They've I they know how much I love God. <laughs> like, and it's just they know my character. They know how I make choices. They know everything about me but for some reason they think that I would choose to tie my life to somebody who wouldn't be good for me um but yeah just because he didn't believe in this specific theological structure of this specific church yeah so um Bo reaches out asks my pastors to send a video to just encourage us going into marriage. I think I only sent Bobby that message. Just I Bobby, I, I yeah. I sent it to Nick. Okay. Um, and 
yeah, that's right, because Nick wasn't there, and he shouldn't have been. But Good call. Well, I didn't know Nick. Um, A group of my core people um, got at at the church, got together, and they uh, invited Bo and I over for, we thought it was just going to be a couple and us, like a little double date situation. They invite us over to their house for a meal, um, and then several other people enter from this same core group of people closest to me, and they proceed to stage an intervention. Um, and they go in and they drill or grill Bo with all their theological questions. And th- he's answering honestly in a v- very Christian way to be in, I mean, you were, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't very Christian at this point because like I was, you knew, my, you, my you main right text was like the Bhagavad Gita and the yeah. Tao Te Ching. Like, I, that, those were the things that I was going off of, but I knew. You knew the right things. I, I knew the Christian verbiage, and I, I, and I love Christianity, too. Yes. It wasn't, I, I didn't have any kind of negative experience, really. Like, it was more I so. I know how to pass this interrogation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew the well, words to say. And he was say, also was trying to be to respectful. And I, and I met them, and, and I, I wasn't lying or anything like that, but I was speaking my Christianese a little bit more. Sure, <laughs> I yeah. Was, I know exactly yeah. what that means. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, anyway, it was just unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, that's great context. Because, yeah, Bo was wonderful. And to his credit, also... Bobby, wonderful, incredible, amazing man, love him forever, but he asks Bo all these theological questions, and he loves Bo, and he has said time, he's gone out with Bo a few times, like they've gotten, you know, some drinks together, they love each other, but then he, he tells me, he's like, Lauren, I think that Bo is a wonderful partner to you. And I think that he loves you better than any person while he's right here. Yeah, this is across. He's at the couch across from me and Bo and I are sitting next to each other. He's just finished, you know, all of his theological questions and he's praising Bo and just saying he's amazing, better than anybody you've ever dated. He treats you so well. He's the best guy in the world. Yeah, he loves you incredibly, but he'll love you straight to hell. (laughs) <laughs> and that oh, line of all lines <laughs> the fundamentalist line uh, yeah. uh, and I haven't been back to hell. yeah dude and I still invited I, them to our <laughs> wedding they didn't show up <laughs> I, they didn't show up did they no you know what you know what frustrates me about that a little bit that line what is that and this has always been my, you know, logic and consistency line that, mm-hmm. that always frustrated me about these fundamentalists. Is that the idea is that if you say the Jesus prayer and you accept Jesus, you're in, you're in, you're in the mm-hmm. club. I ha- I've never had somebody say to me that you can be in and then you can be taken back out. You can have your you your lose you, your salvation. Yeah, you can you can have your your heaven card revoked. Yeah, and that is the, the, there is the, a scripture that indicates that possibility. Now was that the do- was that the doctrine? 
of the inner circle well, that you can have your heaven card revoked because I've never heard that. So that is super interesting to me as sort of like a yeah. Once again, kind of an anthropologist of uh, fundamentalist Christianity because <laughs> right. I've I've gone deep deep into it and I always feel every time I do it. By the way, is just a quick. I feel like I'm in like the danger zone. I feel a little bit like all right. I gotta be on my toes watch what I say, mm. watch what I do, make sure I don't blow my cover. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's not, interesting. And obviously I'm not trying to hurt anybody there. No, but no. even yeah. with you, I feel like I too, if, if, if Nick uh-huh. knew everything about my relationship to you, <laughs> he would literally call me an agent of Satan. This is true. There is no, there's just, and that's not even like an exaggeration. No, he it's would not. Use, he would probably use stronger language if he could. He would quote that scripture that like, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea because you've led one of the little ones astray. Yeah. He, he would basically. <laughs> that's an oh actual God, scripture, folks. Really? Oh yeah. That's an actual I know, scripture. I know about that one. And it's yeah. kind of freaked me out over the years yeah. because. I have led a little, a couple of little ones astray, as far as at least these fundamentalists are concerned. What are you talking about? Um, not, uh, I, 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 not just you. Um, I, I, I mean, you hey, were, you, al- you were no already a heathen. You were I was already a heathen. heathen. And you were already halfway yeah. there. You did not um, lead me astray. But the, the, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a little bit of a sort of. Um, I've almost been to to myself now a little embarrassingly evangelical because I am a little sort of pernicious about well what do you think about this mm, what about that well, what do you think about this because I always think that people's views are not fully well thought through and I'm obsessive well and it's tricky when you're dealing with somebody who takes their entire belief structure and says it is just what the bible says well and you you're that was why you were so interesting to me because I was like wow she's thought about this a lot I have. let me see let me see if I can talk through this yeah and just sort of like break this down it's always really fun right. i've done this with a very militant atheist who who did sort of the same thing to me mm. and he's actually you know of him he's my friend avery mm-hmm. and he told me at one point at one time he said you and i have the exact same beliefs you just got this sort of like god thing going on just <laughs> not really getting really it's <laughs> so funny yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, and and I, I don't try... I never really try to bring people to my way of thinking, mm-hmm. but I always just try and knock people out of their way of thinking because right. I think that's the, the better way of going about things of, like... Because I'm never really sure. Like, if I'm not... A, right, 100%. Because I'm not a... I, like, the way that I approach None these things... None of us things, ever should be. <laughs> yeah, the way that I approach these things is just like, yeah, it's, there's like so many different yeah. different ways to approach this. Right. I think one of, the, one of the most upsetting things I ever said to you one time was that... I was like, well, everything is real. You what? Got, you, got, you got upset at me for saying something along the lines of like, 
everything is real and nobody's belief system is really wrong. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I, I know. I'm all, the only, I do. I really? There. The I, only I thing totally I remember there. is you tapping the table and saying, what if I told you this table's God? I remember that and being so angry, <laughs> so angry. I was like, you blasphemer, how dare you? And now I'm like, oh, I can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's, That's so great. Because oh, I don't even remember saying that. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> was so. This table is gone. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure because that's very much how I believed at the we time. We had a lot of know, conversations many. that uh, I think, uh, I mean, I remember you telling me one time that you went home and cried after me. Oh, certainly. I think I cried multiple, multiple times. Yeah. I, like I, like we said earlier, that belief system will bring you to your knees and on your face and weeping more than anything else. Well, it that's is. one of the things that was so lovely to me about talking to you about this stuff is because like you were, you were not a fundamentalist in the way that got like angry. No. You were more loved... interested in like... That, and that that was I, I feel like one of the reasons why it was a little upsetting for for you to have conversations for, with our conversations because mm-hmm. most of the time you knew so much about your your fundamentalism uh-huh. that like you if you talk to somebody they would be the people on the back foot. 100%. And you would be able to answer any questions that they had. Yeah. And so when somebody else comes in and you ask them questions and they are able to answer the questions and Mm then they ask you questions that you aren't able to answer, then it's suddenly a little scary. Oh, but it was so helpful too because I love being placed in those situations because that's the only place where growth really happens, you know? And I always, my whole belief structure, what has always been, and I pray will always be, is like I do believe, you know, began when I was 15 of just I do believe that there is a creator. I believe that that creator is benevolent. And I want to, as a creature, I want to understand. I think that the highest goal of the creature is to understand its purpose and the one who created it. That's just my own personal belief structure. And I I built that relationship exclusively on the back of fundamental Christianity. And so... And because everybody else around me was affirming that over and over and over of, yes, this is the only way, this is the only way, I started to, my relationship with God became exclusively just fundamental Christianity. That was God to me. It it itself became an idol, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Um, And so through our conversations and through some conversations I've had with, you know, Bo and then with a couple other friends of mine, um, yeah, to to be posed those questions that you can't answer and to have to really pursue and seek, I think is such a helpful thing for everybody. Like, I wish we could all have those conversations constantly of just being stumped and not sure of what you believe. Cause we really, yeah, there's always more to discover. There's always so much that we don't know. Yeah. My biggest introduction was just the idea that like why and, and I alluded to this earlier just like why hell why mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like that doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. 
and when you take that out, the fundamentalist Christianity point, like like whole, their whole point of view, just kind of crumbles. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of Christianity around the globe, including a lot of Catholic sects that are that don't include the the eternal hellfire yeah. part of of fundamentalist Christianity. And there's plenty of historical. Um, sects that go right back to the founding of the religion that don't include that. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's just gotten to be the dominant view um, for various reasons, especially in America. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's because it's very easy to just sort of consolidate power based upon that, that viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But what is really important to me always about you and I is that you've always tried to pursue what is the truth and mm-hmm. what is the, what is best and what is right and I think that that's the rare thing mm-hmm. and why fundamentalism is so powerful in a negative way is that most people aren't really looking for that mm-hmm. they're not really looking for what's the truth and what's the right right thing because for in your case you, you have the perfect example of, of what is true and or maybe not true maybe true is the wrong way to say it but um maybe what is right Mm -hmm. is the better way to say it is harmful to you in many ways you know embracing that is you know you're giving up your relationships Mm -hmm. with a lot of people everyone (laughs) And I don't. Think, I can't even remember if we actually got around to that, but they all just sort of they all broke kind of ties. failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Past that inter- intervention that we mentioned. Yeah. There like, were a few. All, well, there or, was. Yeah, I shouldn't say they all, but it was like wait, it was no like, from Redeemer. There was none. There were really. There were a few from um, that had left Redeemer. <laughs> Um, that uh, have remained dear friends to this day but they still frankly don't know the extent Mm. of my belief system currently I have one one of those um, would certainly still be a loyal friend even if she knew every Mm -hmm. every detail the other um, probably not Um, our relationship would change forever if she knew um, that I didn't believe certain specific things yeah, um, it turns into this very strange thing. And, you know, I, hilariously, as I've talked about it on this podcast many times, mm-hmm. I just am confident that a lot of my family members won't listen to this because mm-hmm. I think that they would have an absolute meltdown mm-hmm. if they knew all of my beliefs. Well, and that's that's the thing, it's though, is because... Thing. So I think about this often because I think about... The conversations, you know, that I have had with friends and family, um, and more so Bo's family than my own. My own family doesn't really care. They don't really have any sort of Mm -hmm. rigid belief structure in any way. And not to say that, you know, Bo's family's rigid, um, but they're loving and they're, you know, they are very, they've always been Christian. They love Jesus. They were pastors, you know, and Mm -hmm. same with all the kids. And actually... His brother um, was a board member um, on the like yeah. on the uh, nonprofit I started. He was, you know, we were super duper close, and um, that's how I get tied into all of this. Yeah, 
through family. Exactly. I told you, you're you're yeah. a sidekick here, yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting when because with with what they believe, it it was exactly how I believed. So I understand all the questions that they have and I understand the concerns that come up for them and I have an answer you know mm-hmm. like because I went through that process I asked yeah. all of those same questions and it, it it came down to the same thing is is I I love God that's I I have chosen to devote my life to loving God and so I'm going to pursue that and be okay with certain belief systems breaking apart and coming mm-hmm. together in new ways as long as I am continuously in that pursuit, that's what I've chosen to give my life to. And that's what Bo's family has chosen to give their lives to. And they're all so loving and, and true. Like, even though they, you know, do have belief structures that differ from ours and have been more rigid in the past, they are so open-minded. And in all of our conversations, you know, especially since we've been married, we've, you know, been able to come to so much common ground. And um, obviously there's been a lot of difficulty and rub there also. Yeah, there's differences, but but we're okay with those differences. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about, like, what I would say is, like, the the healthy Christians from the unhealthy Christians Mm -hmm. are the ones who can be okay with, with people they love having having differences of opinions and exploring things in different ways um because they're they actually are trying to practice unconditional love yeah and non-judgment and Mm -hmm. you know they they want to they want to uh embody jesus Mm -hmm. that's that's their goal in life and and when you meet christians who do that they're just some of the best people in the world. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. the mo- They're wonderful, amazing, mm. beautiful people. Um, it's the uh, it's the Christians who are following Christianity and not Jesus that are the ones to kind of be aware of and and uh, be a little be a little bit more careful around. Yeah, and I actually think that the funny thing about that observation is is where my approach has always been is that I've always felt that if I know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. and I'm a good person and I as the Bible says lead by example Mm -hmm. rather than by my words then people will be more uh, you know attentive to what I'm saying and I feel like that's one of the big things that um, has always thrown. I mean, there hasn't been that many people, and you know, uh, you're my my prime example. But people <laughs> who I've talked to who have been on one side and then come all the way over to another side from fundamentalism mm-hmm. is like I think that you expected your opponent to be one way. And when they're not, you know, that one way being probably a militant atheist or <laughs> a an extremist uh, Muslim and or Hindu person. Yeah. 
Uh, and then when they're a more reasonable mm-hmm. religious person and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe all this, all this stuff. That mm-hmm. All the fundamental stuff, uh, fun, not fun, fundamental is the wrong words since I've been using it in a negative context. But right. all, all the, the core all the prime, beliefs. Yeah, all the yeah. prime basics of goodness and, and God and a benevolent creator and all this stuff. I just don't believe in these more extreme views then it becomes a lot more hard to argue again, or maybe not arguments, but get upset about. And that's where I think that people have a, a, uh, a, a misconception of like the way to counter fundamentalists mm-hmm. is not with the opposite no. viewpoint. It's by like, like gentle, yeah, <laughs> gentle kind of, uh, you know, this, what you're talking about, this, there's this whole big exactly. category that's great about it. And then there's this spice that you put on that poisons the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. It's like, think about what you want out of the conversation. What's your goal? Yeah. Like, do you want to continuously isolate yourself and others? Yeah. Or do you want to try to facilitate a community of healing and mutual respect and mutual understanding. Yeah. So if you meet somebody that you disagree with, especially in a religious context, if it's somebody who's, you know, devout in their religion, just ask strategic questions, help them along, be kind, be gentle, because they're, they think that they're trying, they're trying to do their best. They think they're doing what's yeah. right. And so just, yeah, just be gentle. Everybody's trying their best. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And if they're not, that's also okay too. Oh my gosh. No, they are in this room. Our resident, um, I mean, I guess I'm the resident fundamentalist convert. Um, I just have. I'm the visiting one. You're the visiting one. And uh, yeah, it's a wacky thing to be from. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like things that whenever I hear people talking all kinds of shit about people who are in fundamentalist ideologies of any kind, I'm like, you really don't get it unless no. you're like kind of indoctrinated into it. Exactly. And obviously it's, it's even more so when you're born into it like mm-hmm. we were and you're like, raised into it from a from a childhood perspective yeah and it's 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 very you know it's it's basically like telling somebody like like what what i i've I've described it in this way a couple of times is like what if somebody actually proved to you that the earth is flat (laughs) and you realize and, and you like fully like, the whole world around you was just like, no, you were just indoctrinated into this cult. They kept right. on telling you that the earth was round, but actually the earth is flat. It's, right. That's the real thing. Right. And there was just undeniable evidence, and you were just continuously trying to be like, no, there's no fucking way. Everything I've ever been taught, everything I've ever understand means the earth is round. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you just come out, out of this, you know, this, this weird alternate reality and the earth is actually flat right that's how it feels to come out of a fundamentalist religion where you're just like wait the entire reality that i thought was was 
undeniable yeah. to the point that I would literally give my life for it mm-hmm. is not actually real yep. or is at least highly distorted. Mm-hmm. That is, it, it's it's very, very difficult and I would even go so far as to say it's traumatic. It's deeply isolating as well. And then also imagine that you come out and realize that the earth is flat and then everybody who you who have ever loved you <laughs> that is, 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 a, is are, a round people earth are still thinking that the earth is round and that you are going to eternal torment because you believe that the earth is flat. Yeah, like so many can't, so many layers. It's so isolating. It's so and it even if you find, you know, some camaraderie, right, with people yeah. who are like, Oh yes, it is flat. I see it now. Great, let's be here together. But then it's like nobody really understands what a trauma you went through. This is why I actually shift. felt like Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I feel like I ruined that girl's life. No. Oh my goodness. You I know that. that I was only a stepping stone. Yeah. Fuck. I You were I a was stepping so stone straight down to hell. Straight down to <laughs> straight to Hades, girl. I was I was in, I was so mad. <laughs> I was so fucking oh, pissed. Oh yeah, they they didn't handle that well, but that's okay. Well at least you get to live with those in that in that exact timeline while that was happening. I was like, Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> That's not a sarcasm, folks. She actually means that. <laughs> it, was. it was a good time. It we was the base. Good... It was the best case scenario for what I was going through at the moment. There was a lot. I mean, their their mattress was on the floor. <laughs> hey, that was by choice. Uh, if you say so. That was... If you say so. I, uh, like I said, they were squatters. <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, um, Sierra moved out and, uh, and Bo moved in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lauren came over and hung out with us and because... And never left. <laughs> and had a, and had a, we'll call it a long-term sleepover. Well, hey, my parents were also getting divorced at the time. <laughs> you were having so much shit going on. I was having on. a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, I need to have a couple more conversations with you to talk about All people. All things. The whole, that situation, I was trying to center it somewhat on this church situation. I know, but it's so intermingled. I know, it's, it's like... There, there's so many tangents. Yes, there's it's, so much. I, I, I did this... this uh, cast um, a couple weeks back about my situation with my mom and I was trying yeah, to yeah, get I in like to 30 one. or 40 minutes mm-hmm. and it was so hard I was just like yeah. that was just me talking myself I didn't exactly. have some goon interrupting me all the time <laughs> oh, but good. yeah it was really hard to like even like give a summary a tip it's, of the iceberg yeah. summary these sorts of situations There's so much you know the highlights only tell the general parts of the story but Mm -hmm. there's so many little moments in there there's you know there's nights where you're thinking about everything that happened and you can't go to sleep because you're so stressed out and so freaked out and so worried or so ashamed or so angry Mm -hmm. and there's days where you're about to go confront somebody and you're terrified and you're sitting in the car and dreading what you're about to have to go say to somebody there's just so many little details Mm -hmm. that happen in these kinds of situations that make it so hard to do Mm -hmm. and when somebody 
says something like, why does somebody stay in some kind of, you know, situation like that? Mm. It's be- I think it's truly because they're ignorant about what it really means to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. And it's scary. Yeah. And it's honestly, part of it, it's almost inevitable that you're not going to have a whole lot of support. Mm-hmm. Or the support you're going to have is from strangers or, you know, newly found friends. Yeah. So it's it's just such a unique, maybe not a, un- a unique is the wrong word, it's such an unusual problem. Mm-hmm. Such a hard to understand problem if you haven't been in it. Yeah. But yeah. Do you have anything oh, else you'd yes. like to say? <laughs> About what specifically? About anything? anything specifically. We're well, running I up am, on the uh, yes, on, the, on I, the time. So I am curious, just because, like you said, with all of these things, there are so many details, and it might be a complicated thing to follow. Possibly, if people aren't familiar with Christianity or that, you know, mm-hmm. the way things work there. So. If there are questions from anybody who's listening, I am happy to come back on and answer any of oh, those specific I w- I w- I'm questions. I'm going to have you back on. This is part one of multiple right. parts, I hope. I just mean, if there's anything that I, is needed, clarification or any specific questions. Send us an email. Yes, let us know. I have <laughs> Lauren's phone number. Yes. He can call me and immediately email you back. <laughs> or just give she you my email. She won't immediately answer. She's terrible about answering this is her true. phone. Notoriously. But she will eventually get back to me. I'm getting better. I'm working on it. I'll send her a text. She'll eventually get back to me. She'll probably answer quickly or, or quicklier. If you call, quickly, I will answer. If I mention that there was a stranger who asked me this question. This is true. Come right back to me. <laughs> I will, because I know it might be. Like, I know if you're reaching out, it's probably not that important. <laughs> you're probably just looking for Bo. Glad. <laughs> what? That is as if he doesn't that have is a, that, that is a vile and odious. You have lie. done that before. You have been like, I can't reach Bo. Can, can you have him call me? <laughs> so just that's because what I've done it once. <laughs> doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. Okay. Well, you can call me anytime and i i it's answer better with me. with calls I'm than texts <laughs> you should be, <laughs> I should be. <laughs> i'm just kidding oh i love you <laughs> oh well i love you too and i i just the, the two of you are some of my absolute best friends and i'm so happy and thankful to have you both in my life and you know one of the weird things about uh life is sort of uh, in long-term friendships is growing up together in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And whenever I said earlier that, oh yeah, you were 23 at the time. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Yeah. I've, I suppose I've known them for, you know, what is it? Five years, yeah. five or yeah. six years now yeah. that it was just in my mind. I was just like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I guess it has wow. been that long. Mm-hmm. And we That's have, crazy. Yeah, we've we've in many ways I feel like we've all grown up together in certain ways, you mm-hmm. know. Now obviously not from really young. You guys knew each other before then, but 
you know, we've grown up to, together as as adults and or, or grown together, maybe I should say. And I could not ask for better friends mm. to have in my life and to grow with and to um, have the the immense pleasure of spending time with. So mm. thank you so much for being my friends. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, man. Yeah. We feel the same way. Absolutely. 100%. And I expect you, Lauren, to be back on the show. I will, Nate. And uh, (laughs) we're, uh, well, I have to say your name. This is fair, I know. (laughs) It's an audio format. If I say you, I mean... Bo, friend of the show over here, he, this is his fourth time on, mm-hmm. even if he is a sidekick this time, but I would like <laughs> to have you on more. I would love because to. Because we have plenty more, as we already <laughs> yes, alluded we to, do. <laughs> to talk about. So, mm-hmm. thanks everybody for listening. We're going to wrap it up for tonight. Um, you know, check out all the links. I will also link um, Bo's uh, socials his photography stuff so check him out he's actually really good so we love you thanks again for listening and we will see you next week have a great night thanks guys bye everybody